When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast. Look at this full house today. Who are all these people? There's a lot of people. Adam Hogue, Mark Harmon, Greg Braggs Jr., and Nicholas Moriano found his way back into the CSGO studio. We're impressed. You're yeah, here. No, uh, it's been a while since I've done a show we didn't with you guys, so I'm really lock. excited. We didn't change the locks on you. I'm glad, because I used the same key and got it. <laughs> I've been trying to uh, get you in here, Nick, and remove Greg, but management <laughs> said that that's not possible, so <laughs> Greg's more talented and better than you, Carm, so it hasn't worked out for me, And uh, but it is good to see you. Well, we got a full house and a great guest uh, that we're going to bring in here in a second. want to quickly mention, though, for CHGO Diehards, what we got going on today. We, I, I was not a part of it yesterday, but I heard it was great. But diehard overtime after the show yesterday. So today I will be a part of it. Um, and so as soon as the show's over, for UCHO diehards, you can go sign up, allchgo.com slash diehard. We'll keep the conversation going after the show a little bit. Jump in there in the Discord, in the voice channel. And also shout out to Callum, John, Colby, Daniel, Justin, Michael, and Mike Tomlin. Wait, what? Mike Tomlin's a diehard? According to, yeah, that's how they signed up. Mike Tomlin. Those are all our new diehards since yesterday. So, you know, people wanted him to be the next Bears head coach. Was was Justin's last name Fields by any chance? Maybe Justin Fields is a diehard, too. I don't know. I'm not sure who my favorite is between Callum, John, Colby, Daniel, Justin, Michael, and Mike Tomlin, but I love all of you right now, and I would like to become best friends with at least one of you. (laughs) Thank you so much. And by the way, we need more diehards. I'm not above begging. I will beg every single day. We're going to give you so much damn value by being a diehard. You will think this is the greatest thing you've ever purchased in your life as we try to keep the show yeah, moving my, forward. My guy Colby it. is from Idaho, so. Idaho Colby? <laughs> Idaho, Idaho Colby. That's big. You know. That's, uh, we're, we're so expanding. We, Apparently the diehards figured out. I don't know how many people are in Idaho. Apparently so they figured out how to watch the show in the voice channel, too. So we got some <laughs> diehards. Smart yeah. people. Hey, hold on, though. Gary, are we losing views because of this? Like, That's what uh, I said. Uh, I'm like, I don't know. I don't Gary, know if this is a good thing or not. You're, you're a diehard. You can watch it however you want. Don't worry about our views. Our views are fine. All right, let's bring in our guests because, look, there's been a lot of rumors and random wild stuff floating around about Caleb Williams and painted nails and all kinds of nonsense. Um, this dude's been ahead of the curve, man. Yes. Always ahead of the curve. So our, we wanted to get you some real information, some actual sourced 
uh, background from somebody who's been digging into this now for a few years and not just recently. And we've had Teddy on before, Teddy Greenstein, who wrote this book, Quarterback Dads. Uh, it's really good. He was in here, I think it was like last spring or something. We, we did a deep dive into the whole thing. But I, Teddy, I keep this thing at my desk. Mm. I don't know if you can see this on camera or not, but I literally yeah. have bookmarks in here um, for – J.J. McCarthy, Caleb Williams, and then, of course, uh, shout out to my guy Trey Taylor, who is our quarterback at Carmel Catholic because he's also yeah. uh, in the book as well. So um, went back recently and read the chapter on Caleb Williams, and I was like, we got to get Teddy on to talk about this because this is actual insight into who Caleb Williams is and what makes him tick. So Yeah, it was really good stuff. Yeah, Teddy, thanks for jumping on with us today. We, we appreciate it. Very flattering, boys. Yeah, I mean, when I set out to do that book, I asked around, um, asked sports writers and, you know, recruiting analysts, and I'm like, who are the dads I need to talk to? And the name that kept popping up was Carl Williams. Carl Williams is an intense guy. Um, he's a big planner, and a lot of the stuff that is, uh, you know, that has come through for Caleb it's really part of his master plan because when he picked, uh, I shouldn't say when he picked, when they picked <laughs> college <laughs> for Caleb, the whole idea was first pick of the 2024 NFL draft. And uh, barring something unusual, it's going to happen. So when I read this, reread this chapter, which chapter is, 18, yeah, chapter 18 in the books, in the book, and it's about a year and a half old probably now since you since you wrote it. He had already done what he did at Oklahoma, and he had just basically announced his transfer to USC. It kind of confirms, though, what I've believed trying to sort through all the things Carl has been quoted in and GQ and, and things like that with what we've seen from Caleb Williams on and off the field so far, and that is I think some people want to know, and maybe even the Bears right now, Teddy, does this guy care about football? Does he care about business or is it is it both i'd say it's both adam you know one thing i i noticed um for a long time in caleb's twitter bio he had a quote and it said um let me get this exactly right i'm not a businessman i'm a business man so that kind of said a little something there and i i just noticed it's been removed i don't know when it was removed but i think now you know they're trying to emphasize it must have been really so maybe since he declared because i I swear it was there like two days ago when he declared and shoot maybe still there on his instagram but i just looked at his twitter and it wasn't there um but no doubt you know one of the things his dad talked about was because people thought oh are you are you shifting to usc because of the nil and look i'm sure they wanted to make some money but Carl was looking at the big picture. You know, he's realizing that an NFL career, uh, if Caleb is in there for 10, 15 years, it's just going to completely dwarf the NIL money. So he was really downplaying that. People thought that's why he was going from Oklahoma to USC. Um, But, you know, I think what's interesting in the chapter is how it starts, which is Caleb is 11 years old. He's actually a running back because he wasn't really into, didn't want responsibilities of being a quarterback. So he's a running back on his team. His team loses a game, and he is bawling. He's really upset about it. He's crying. And Carl said it, it, it stunned him and and uh, his wife because Caleb, like, never cried. But he was really upset about this. And Carl paints a scene that they, like, stayed up till 2 in the morning talking about this, where Caleb says, you know what? I'm not only going to switch to quarterback. I want to be the best to ever play the game. I mean, probably not 11-year-olds 
makes kind of a bold declaration like that. Um, and Carl at that point said his entire uh, emphasis shifted. So he's in real estate, but Carl opened a gym in DC in part so Caleb would have a place to train. Caleb would wake, wake up at 4.30 in the morning and work out with high school kids. They call it the breakfast club. And really everything at that point on from the age of 11 was pointed towards Caleb's career. Much better diet, work ethic. He also told him, he said, look, you have to defy the stereotypes of black quarterbacks. You have to know everything that's going on with every play. You have to outwork everyone. You, it's, it's your mind, it's your body, it's studying, it's all that. And the guy had basically no blemishes in, in his entire career until this fall when his season at USC was pretty much a disaster. So uh, just for people who don't know Teddy, which is probably like three people that are watching right now, <laughs> 48 years or roughly at the Tribune and now the, the player development manager. 48. 48. He was there for a long time. How long is it, 30? How many years for real? 25 24 if you know if we really want to be technical about it but yeah man it was it was a good run it was covering baseball and golf and certainly a lot of football and a lot of college football a lot of big 10 uh you know you see a lot of personalities come through and indeed now my gig is uh points bet over there it's totally different um now i'm on the I'm in the righteous world of online sports betting, as I call it, uh, <clears throat> trying to sign new clients. So, um, yeah, and golfing kind of with really, and golfing really with Paige Sporanic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we love Paige. We love Paige. We got to do uh, more golf outings with her this summer. So, okay, so there, there's the background, and you, you've you've talked to a zillion people in the sports world, and the book, by the way. It's here in, in book form, but you can also buy it in audio form, and Teddy will read it to you, which, Greg, you could use that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll read you to sleep. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's multiple options. But I, I'm I just, got the wait, special wait. version where Teddy comes to my house and reads it to me. Bragg's can read. Look, there, we saw him grinding. Yeah, this was this me reading earlier, and if you <laughs> know anything about me, Teddy, getting me to pay attention to anything for more than five seconds without me checking my phone is a miracle in and of itself, and, and your book achieved that so congratulations some very good writing uh, that that I is make sure none of the, i made sure none of the chapters were, were longer than like nine pages you know i'm trying <laughs> to make it so uh you know so everybody can just pick it up put it down read a, read a few pages before they go to sleep or in the case of jj mccarthy um and his dad jim or you know carl and caleb williams that they can look at it and say okay let me find out about what these guys were like in high school so that, that's where I wanted to go to because you've got all you've got all these dads in there. What was it like? How difficult was it getting to into the Caleb crew here and getting Carl to talk to you? Like, how would you compare that to Ellsworth? Which doesn't necessarily matter one way or another as far as his success, yeah. but I'm just curious. Sometimes it's always interesting. Like Archie Manning, I thought who would be really hard to get wasn't bad. Todd Marinovich took like you know. 14 phone calls, nine texts, and then midway through our conversation, his phone died and we never talked again. Uh, Carl Williams wasn't bad. You know, um, I have a connection, uh, good friends with Pete Thamel. And Pete Thamel had been written about that, had been writing about that family for a long time. Pete's obviously the insider now at ESPN. So I think Pete put in a good word and Carl was, was fine talking about it. I think he was definitely on the side of like, hey, let's fact check this. Like, let's, let's make sure you have everything right. You know, he's... He's fastidious, not to use a, an obnoxious Northwestern word, but he wanted it to come out a certain way. Um, so he was pretty easy. I didn't really make a run at Caleb because um, it was, you know, a book more about the dads. But 
Carl is something. I mean, he's a guy who uh, was just determined to have his son achieve greatness. You know, he has a couple lines in there like, look, if, if your son is that determined to be great and is willing to put in the work, then you do anything for him. You take out a second mortgage. You know, you change your career. And he put in a lot of time, a lot of money. One, one story he told me was, Carl's dad was a pastor involved in the civil rights uh, movement. So Carl's dad could really never watch Carl play as a kid. So he wanted to do the opposite. So Carl like never missed a single play that Caleb played. One time he was in a meeting and the meeting was running late and he says to the guys like, okay, can we wrap this up? And then he jokes, he's like, I drove 120 miles an hour on the beltway. So he wouldn't miss a half. And this is when Caleb was like 12. <laughs> so he's that kind of modern supportive dad who's there every single step of the way and very intimately involved in his recruiting and his transfer to USC. So a lot of people are like, well, you don't want to draft this guy because you're drafting a dude that's got a LeVar Ball type as as the dad. And I would point out that, uh, you know, the Balls have had a lot of success in the NBA. I mean, Lonzo's obviously right. gotten hurt. The dad didn't have any impact on it, so it's kind of a ridiculous argument. But if people were to ask you, like, do you think the Bears should be afraid of having Carl Williams around the team, what would you say? I'd say absolutely not. Um, it is a thought in college. I remember talking to Pat Fitzgerald and Brett Bielema, and they would tell me that they would eliminate certain quarterbacks from their recruitment list because the dads were such a flipping pain in the ass. You know, they'd be texting and calling the offensive coordinator and commenting on, the, you know, receivers and the game plan. In the NFL, like, you think any of these coaches have a minute for, like, the dad of a player? Right. They just wouldn't care less. So I, I don't think that's a concern at all. When you, you know, reading through it and, and seeing how, you know, they wanted to trademark some things, you know, a couple of years ago to get ahead of some of those things. I think for yeah. some fans, they might see that and go, oh, he's focused on the wrong things. You know, you just focus on, you know, your your athletics and your education in college. Yeah. But with the world the way it is and social media the way it is, everybody's building their own brand. Why is it that having that forward mindset sometimes attaches a negative connotation to, you know, trying to build a personal brand early in your career before you're a professional when you're still an amateur? Yeah, Braggs, I think is like we all look at it and we say, oh, my God, if I could be in, in Major League Baseball or the NFL, all I'd care about was, you know, helping the team win and, and being as good as I can. And, you know, we're just not realistic about what these guys are thinking about. They're thinking about their careers and how much money they're going to make and how long they're going to last. You know, it's interesting. I'm reading Jeff Perlman's book on Bo Jackson. And when Bo came out, there were some questions like, how much does he actually love football? Is Does he love practice? Does he actually just do it, you know, because he's great at it? Um, and, and I can see why people would be asking that with Caleb. And, you know, you combine the fact that, you know, there were just these not controversies, but many issues about painting his fingernails and uh, some stuff with Notre Dame that was unnecessary. And then, uh, I mean, it didn't bother me, but he's like bawling in the stands after after his final game against USC. And USC has a bad season. And then his replacement throws for six touchdowns in the bowl game. So there's a little bit of baggage there. Um, there's stuff that the NFL needs to, you know, probably hammer him on a little bit in these interviews. But that said, I, there's certainly nothing that I came across or, or nothing concrete that says uh, it's a red flag because, uh, you know, he wants to be worth a couple hundred million dollars. I think probably we all do. Teddy, when you got done writing the chapter, interviewing Carl and getting all the information, what would you say your, your number one takeaway was after making that chapter what it was and then kind of comparing 
it to the other obviously chapters that you read, wrote in the book yeah nicholas like i think of carl as a good version of todd marinovich's dad you know todd marinovich uh was was really a victim i mean he was the first one who we thought of as like oh my god his dad's absolutely insane um where you're just constructing a football player and you know he's never allowed to eat a twinkie or have a have a coke when he's growing up and um and all that so carl is probably manipulative and um a heavy you know a heavy figure and personality on, on caleb's life but i just haven't seen where it's a negative like they made all these good decisions i mean like think about his college recruitment um they chose oklahoma which was unusual because Spencer Rattler was there, but they had a, you know, this multi-pronged process with spreadsheets and categories and all that. And they, you know, chose Oklahoma because they thought, okay, we, we, this is where he's going to develop into a potential Heisman winner. Um, you know, the coaching staff could be trusted and he wasn't going to have to worry about, you know, okay, we know Lincoln Riley's there. And even if Spencer Rattler's there, they, they had such an inner confidence that he would he would beat him out. And that happened as a freshman. You know, Texas game, we remember, Caleb Williams comes on and then has the job for the rest of the year. Then they make the decision to go to USC, even though the family had a little bit of beef with Lincoln Riley over some stuff. But again, they're looking at the big picture and he flourishes at USC and wins the Heisman. So really every decision they've made has been the right one. I mean, last season didn't turn out right, but I don't think you can blame the old man for that. So the parallel between, and I don't know what a connection can actually be made between it, but it's just interesting that your chapter, and as you start this interview, you bring up when he's 11, and he yeah. surprises his own parents by crying in that moment. Like, because he didn't have, he didn't really get a chance to affect the game he wanted. And that's where he decides, I want to actually play quarterback, not running back. And it seems to be a driving, whatever that moment was, seems to be a huge driving force that has led him to potentially be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, which is mentioned multiple times, not only in your book, but in other interviews Carl's done, where it's like, that's the goal. He said that too himself, Caleb. For him to then get criticized the way he did for crying after this game <laughs> this year, like it's some negative thing. Like, right. I, I, I don't, it's just very interesting to me. I don't know if you have like a reaction to that or it had a reaction to it even in the moment when you saw this on your television when he's crying. But I just, I just don't see why it's such a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, you can't say well, we're concerned he doesn't care enough, and and we're also concerned that he cried after a game, right? It's kind of one or the other. It was an unusual sight. I mean, we just don't really see that in the college or NFL where a player is, you know, hugging his parents and just kind of, you know, that, that, that total display of emotion. But no, I mean, I think if anything, it's a plus because sure, he wants to be rich and famous and um, endorse everything. Um, you know, I've already seen him on what's some Dr. Pepper and I'm sure he's got a lot of other ads going, but you know, you, you, you don't get to that level and you're not that, um, you know, you don't achieve what he's already achieved by not being hyper competitive and caring a ton. So, you know, I think they do have to ask him some questions about why last fall went so South for USC and why he had a lot of turnovers and decision-making was poor and what the issue was. But as long as he answers those questions competently, no, I don't, I don't really see any red flags. Now, personally, I've got big futures on Jaden Daniels <laughs> to be the first pick in the draft. So I'd be okay if, uh, 
you know, if uh, if Mr. Williams slides a little bit, but I don't see that happening. So, all right, you you bet on. So does that mean you think that Jaden is the best quarterback in the draft? If you if so you're the Bears, what weeks, do you? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, a couple weeks before the Heisman, I was watching Jaden Daniels, and I was being like, what does he not have? I mean, he is he throws the ball beautifully. He's got good size. Um, his numbers were incredible at LSU. His athleticism is phenomenal, and, and I think he's very smart and sees the field well. And I'm like, and now, you know, Caleb is coming off a bad season. There's some questions about his personality and his dad. So uh, I started hitting Jaden Daniels at 75 to 1 to be the first pick. And I also thought at that point maybe he'd be the Heisman and get some buzz there. I mean, he's he's still, you know, 20, 25 to 1. It sounds very unlikely because I guess the knock on Jaden Daniels is, well, LSU receivers are that good. You know, they can make any quarterback look great. Um, I guess Jaden Daniels is also a little, like, thin with his legs. So some people have said, um, not frail, but a little bit of a knock against him. So it sounds like it's certainly going to be Caleb. Um, but, you know, with Drake May and uh, um, and Daniels, hopefully whoever has that first pick is going to take a long look and not just, you know, go with the chalk, the, the one that everybody assumed it was going to be three, four months ago. If you're... Uh, if- I'm sorry, Brett Gray. If you're Paul, you're dra- are you drafting Caleb? Would I draft Caleb at number one? Yeah. I mean, I'm not a talent evaluator. Like, I want to be there. I, I want to see how he performs. I want to see how he is during the interviews. I want to see it all. Like, we don't make this decision on January 18th, right? We make this decision probably a week before the draft. I would get every single piece of information I can. So... You know, you don't make another mistake and uh, bypass C.J. Stroud, who probably should have been the first pick in the draft last year instead of Bryce Young. Yeah, we got a super chat here asking a question. Bears on Kawhi. Uh, Todd Marinovich, notorious product of psycho QB dad. What makes Caleb different? He's got not only the media, but also those expectations to meet. Yeah. Yeah, I just think his dad is is sane. You know, his dad is not nuts. Um, Todd Marinovich's dad, literally from the moment the kid was born, was like, you know, rubbing cold liver into his mouth and stretching him out in the crib. And, um, you know, whenever Todd did poorly, every punishment was related to football or push-ups or whatever. So by the time literally Todd was five or six or seven, his dad was trying to predetermine that he would be an NFL quarterback. This situation seems much more healthy. It was Caleb who said, I want to be the best. And that didn't come until age 11. So, um, you know, I get the comparisons, but I don't think, uh, I don't think it's a concern here. Yeah, I was on the pizza rolls uh, diet <laughs> growing up. It got me to where I am here today. Uh, well, that that's what I want to ask because, like, when I watched the movie King Richard, yeah, it, like, I, you know, I'm a dad. I have a five-year-old daughter, and I'm very protective of her. I, I don't want her to have a phone. I don't want her to be on social media. Like, I want to see how far I can push that all the way to high school. Her, some of her friends have, what a you hypocrite. know. No yeah, shot. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I, total hypocrite. But I understand, like, I'm trying to protect her from the things that I think sure. aren't good for a kid. So, like, but when I watch, like, King Richard, there's, like, this line of intensity of a, an athlete, a, a, a dad that's a, you know, a, a father to athletes and how yeah. hard they push them. And like, is it abusive or like I'm watching King Richard. I'm like, this guy's like the greatest dad ever, like yeah. to an extent. But then there's people that'll point out his toxicity. Yeah. Where is that line? And when you interviewed all these different dads, like how do you draw the line from a healthy relationship and a mentorship 
and somebody yeah. that's crossing that line because like to me i don't know where that balance is even for me as a father rags it's an awesome question part of the reason why i wrote the book is because i have i have daughters and they're decent athletes um soccer and now sort of shifting over to volleyball and i have found myself during games you know being a little critical and being like hey do better um and my daughter you know turn around and saying you're not my coach and i'm like you're right my fault um one of the things that i think was interesting in, in carl's case is he never coached caleb and that's probably very healthy like some of the dads who are, are nuts in this book are the ones who are coaching and are on the sideline and who just like can't let it go but carl was smart enough to say hey i'm gonna hand caleb off to the professionals who really know what they're doing you know one of the things i talk about in the book is like the ride home from a sporting event and i really try to adhere to this like don't bring up the game unless your kid wants to talk about it if your kid wants to talk about it then share your thoughts but otherwise you know go to dq or, or mcdonald's or whatever and uh and just talk about other stuff um but it's look it's always a challenge like you want to motivate um for my daughters i feel like every minute they're at practice or at a game they're not on TikTok, and that's a win um, but yeah, uh, I also want them to be great. <laughs> so there's that balance of pushing them without, uh, you know, having them get turned off uh, to the sport. Yeah, Teddy, when I was reading the chapter on Caleb, there was also a part where Carl, in that two-hour meeting uh, that they had, where he also mentions, like, he told Caleb, you're not a little white kid. You have to get beyond the yep. stereotypes. It's like that forward thinking, that reality yeah. that it is going to set in. What did you make of that when, when obviously you were talking to Carl and that was mentioned? Yeah, it's so true. Like, there's so many great black quarterbacks in the NFL, um, many of the best, whether it's Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes or C.J. Stroud. And yet, among, like, I think some older fans, they still have this perception that, eh, they're not as good about leading the team and, eh, they, you know, they, they, don't, they don't take such a brainy approach to the position. It, it's obviously garbage but like yeah carl williams a man of his age he'd probably heard that a thousand times oh your son's going to be a quarterback oh okay maybe he should be a receiver maybe he should be a safety so it was very forward thinking for carl to say you have to be that much better you can never have there be a question of is he just getting by on his athleticism versus you know the cerebral part of the game Teddy, I don't want to waste this opportunity to also bring up J.J. McCarthy because you have a, a, yeah. a chapter on him as well and his dad, Jim. Um, what are the biggest takeaways that you would you would want to share from that chapter? Yeah, like Jim was the most normal quarterback dad. Like everybody would be coming up to him and being like, oh, you're going to hold J.J. back a year, right? Because he's kind of young for his grade and he's not that big physically. And Jim would be like, no, I think we're okay. And they'd be like, well, you're going to have J.J. quit hockey, right? And focus totally on football. And he's like, no. You know, J uh, J.J. was a really good hockey player until it's like maybe 12, 13, 14. And then he finally was like, I can't do both sports full time. So I think it was J.J. who's the one who decided, like, we got to go football here. But J.J. just had like a very normal childhood. The only unusual thing they did was during COVID, uh, for his final season, he left uh, uh, Nazareth Academy and went to IMG in Florida. And he hated to do it, but, like, the Illinois rules were such where, like, you weren't allowed to touch a football. You weren't allowed to, like, have, have a catch, let alone, you know, the weather here compared to Florida. So that was a brilliant move. Choosing Michigan, brilliant move. You know, three straight wins over Ohio State, a national championship. They're an amazing family. I first got to know J.J. when he was 
14, uh, 14, 16, I think 15 years old. At that point, he'd already been offered by Iowa State and just a totally level-headed kid. I mean, I introduced myself and he said, hey, coach. And I said, actually, I'm not a coach. <laughs> I'm a writer. But there's just so many coaches who come to his practice. He was just so accustomed to it. So very polished, very heady. And the dad did everything right by not doing too much. Yeah, that reminds me of one of the things with in, in your Caleb chapter, too. So JJ had to go to... IMG to basically finish his senior year of high school because the fall season got banged out and we didn't even know if it was going to happen until it finally did like almost last minute. It was a six week season in the spring. Um, Caleb dual enrolls at Oklahoma and Gonzaga prep where he was in DC. I honestly didn't even know you could do that. He was, (laughs) he was still enrolled in high school and college at the same time. So he could, you know, take care of both and so he just went to Oklahoma that seemed to work out pretty well for him yeah they even did something Carl did something like the summer before Oklahoma where he organized all the players I think it was on campus and you know had them throwing and working on drills and getting together with his teammates so by the time you know fall came it it was almost like Caleb was a sophomore like you know that he had had enough experience on campus and enough experience with his incoming teammates that he wasn't going to be some like wide-eyed kid and again that paid off it was what mid-october week six week seven where he takes over in the uh in the game against texas and oklahoma flourishes all right well if you ha- we did have one more super chat from oh. keith chow asking does playing in washington dc matter to caleb williams family and that's where he's from uh i think just being the first pick in the draft is what matters i mean maybe that would be a plus um I think it would depend on the coach. Knowing how Carl Williams is, he'd say, who's the coach? Who's the OC? Who's the quarterback coach? That matters more than uh, the city you live in. Teddy, do your bets at points bet, right? Uh, Who do you like this weekend? We got, I mean, Baltimore's a a 9.5-point favorite. Yeah. The the plucky Packers also are a a 9.5-point underdog. Detroit, you sitting on the Lions. They're a 6.5-point favorite with with Tampa. And then uh, Sunday night, Bills and Chiefs. Carm, I am, uh, I'm taking the Texans. I'm taking the Niners. I like the Bills, although going against Mahomes uh, when he's an underdog has been a total losing proposition. He's 8-1-1 one, one against the spread as an underdog, is Patrick Mahomes. So you can't go too big on the Bills, but I like them. Um, I think C.J. Stroud is different, and Lamar Jackson's been very poor as uh, as a favorite. Um, Packers have been a great story. Jordan Love is amazing. But the Niners at home rested. Uh, I think they're going to be too much. Not sure what to do about Lions minus six and a half against the Bucks. I might just take Lions money line and parlay it with some props to try to get some value there um, or just take the over in that one. But hopefully we'll have some close games because there were uh, a few too many blowouts last weekend. As a man who lives in this zone, do you believe in the parlay or do you think that is fool's gold? Well, if you are, um, look, if you are only worried about your bankroll, um, don't bet parlays. <laughs> if you are, if you are disciplined enough to stick to spreads and totals, congratulations, because those have a margin of maybe 6%. Parlays have a higher margin, but guess what? Nobody's bragging to their friends about, I made a hundred bucks, you know, betting on Packers plus seven, plus seven and a half. Maybe they're bragging about a Packers money line bet, but they're definitely bragging about, you know, a five legger where somebody put in 20 bucks and made 150. So, uh, none of us can resist parlays. They are extremely alluring. But if you only had $100 to bet with for the rest of your life, 
you would not want to put it on the parlay. It's one yeah. of the greatest answers of all time. Yeah. It all comes down to <laughs> gambling is, be, is being able to brag, brag to someone. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> See, for me, parlays are about, yeah, but that or entertainment. I, yeah. My favorite, Teddy, my favorite parlay I did last weekend was. Uh, Here it comes. Texans. <laughs> no, my, my favorite's the one I won. <laughs> no, Texans to cover the first quarter. So you get some early action right away. Wow, okay. Love it. And then I bet both Flacco and C.J. Stroud to throw an interception. So it no. didn't come in. It didn't come in because Stroud didn't throw an interception. But that was a very entertaining way to watch the game because I was like, all right, I got my first quarter. Yeah. Here comes the Flacco INT. And then I'm not mad over it because I'm thinking rookie – you got great odds on Stroud because he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. Yeah. But I'm thinking rookie first playoff game, he's going to slip yeah. up and make a mistake at some point. So it kept me all the way to the end, and then it didn't hit. But it was still fun. Uh, quick good story and quick horror story. The good one was I hit a five-legger last week, and it was just wild because I had over 46 and a half points, and there were 47 in the Cowboys game. Oh, wow. And Stafford was over on, like, completions by a half. So for all the times – you know, we cry about like, oh my God, we lost, missed it by a yard. It sometimes works out, but this is a this is a brutal one. I had a, a points bet client. Uh, he was stood to make four grand in a parlay. He needed 300 yards from Dak Prescott. This was maybe week like 11 or 12. So Dak is at 299. Oh. Throws uh, for a successful conversion. Oh. Those yards don't count. Oh, so he was stuck at 299, oh like the cruelest way possible. So he's a good client. So I took care of him with some uh, with some bonus bets. But uh, that was a rough one. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's weird that it doesn't count. It feels like it should. You still got right? two, two yeah, yards. Um, okay. Two yards. Yeah, I don't. You still move the ball two yards, even if it was a it conversion. Happened. All right. Well, the book is Quarterback Dads. Highly recommend picking it up if you want to learn more about Caleb, JJ McCarthy. There's a bunch of other great stories yep. here. Coaches. You mentioned Bielema. You mentioned Fitz. There's you know story. It's, there's so many good stories in here. So, um, and it's like I said, it's a reference you can go back to as well. So check it out. Teddy Greenstein along with Donovan Dooley writing Quarterback Dads. And my personal recommendation because you just listen to Teddy. I mean, the voice is it's so smooth. It's it's a it's, it's, it's such an easy thing to digest. You get the audio book. You don't have to read. You put it on your phone when you're going to bed. Teddy talks to you. It's the way to live your life. Oh, yeah, it's a great idea. That's, what I, that's, that's how I see things. And we by the way, talk pickleball, Carm. I mean, you well, know, I, I, the next segment, huh? I, yeah, I, I debated bringing it up or not, but I, I <laughs> you know, I played with Teddy last week, and, and we lost to, to to the King Scott and and his son, and it was, a, and I we lost because of me, and uh, so I was going to leave that alone. But since you brought it up, I'd like to personally apologize to you on CHGO <laughs> for my performance. It's it's a bad job by Carm. But no, I don't Rob, even good like job. good Thank, good job yeah. last night bringing home a victory though at uh, you know Maryland Northwestern that was that kind was of a fun. big big win for the Cats. You Damn talk man. so much shit about pickleball. That's what I was gonna You're say. playing yeah. pickleball. I well. I got lured into the game. I was I got to hang out with Teddy and I the, the King is a he's a good friend. They're like, Will you come play? And 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 I said and yes. We bullied him. And yes. weren't you we saying totally Hogue, him playing? Yeah. Weren't you saying Hogue that Nick Foles is a professional player? I was saying, you that. Were saying Did that? you did you know that Nick Foles is like pickleball god? He was I saw him I saw him on pickleball TV. What? Yes. Yeah. Nick Nick There's Foles is like TV. he won he won <laughs> yeah. he won some championship on the three five level. He's moving up to four oh, which in tennis terms that like if you're a three five you generally suck but um yeah yeah um, yeah we'll take it we'll take him on we'll, we'll beat him in agassi i'm sure one of these days yeah let's let's go fulls that's Poles. awesome teddy thank you so much man really appreciate it
Final thing. If anybody wants to set up a points bet account, VIP code, DM me on Twitter at Teddy Greenstein. Set you all up if you're uh, if you don't have one yet. There we go. Awesome. There Appreciate you go. Appreciate you, Teddy. Get the VIP treatment from this Teddy. Is like, guys. This Pleasure. is like a throwback to Chicago Tribune Live with you and Carm here. Yeah. This is like living my <laughs> dreams here. <laughs> that was a great show, Dream man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Teddy. Uh, Thanks, thank guys. You, Enjoyed it a yeah. ton. I need somebody who actually like plays pickleball for real though to explain to me because you mentioned pickleball TV. If you ever watch these pickleball videos, why is it that like they'll go back and forth for so long, like almost in slow motion, like where they're just like they're barely, keep- and then all of a sudden it's bam, 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 bam. Why is it like that? Because you, if you, keep, they're trying to keep it low over. I don't know anything about this stupid game, but they're trying to keep <laughs> it like, low over the net, so you can't do that. So they're, game so, that they're so they're keeping TV. it, they're keeping it low yeah. in the kitchen. You can't. So it has to bounce. You can't. You can't. You, right, can't, you can't go over the you line. You can't go right, over the line. line. Yeah. So when when what happens when when you see the bam 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 bam? That's because it got popped up higher, and they're trying to end the point. Uh, so you're trying to slowly keep it over, just over the net, just over the net. So you can't do anything with it, and then eventually someone's gonna pop it up, and then you're gonna then you're gonna slam it down their throat like you would love to do. To is it you can't go over the line, or you can't hit it in the air over the line? You can hit it over the air, but you but if it's you know if it's all the way up here, and you're hitting it if you're hitting it. If you get under the ball, then you're going to pop it up. So you got to let it drop and then s- control that thing. But yeah. you can reach the, the 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 paddle, I believe they call it, over the line. But play tennis. Do it at Midtown. Oh, they have pickleball there too. They love you to do that too. But tennis is a real sport. Pickleball is a hobby. I was just checking you uh, to see if you can no, you good. can bet on pickleball in DraftKings Sportsbook, which is the official sports betting wow. partner of the NFL playoffs. Look at Nick finally uh, got a pro and, back on the set. There you go. And of course, say, DraftKings this is, Sportsbook this is, amazing. is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. Look, I'm taking. Kobe White's over, 29.5 for points, rebounds, and assists. The last time I won a bet. So you should do that tonight against the Raptors at minus 130. And, of course, you first you have to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code CHGO. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code CHGO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text... Hope NY 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Valid in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. And as I just mentioned, you want to be working out at Midtown Athletic Club, and I would love to work out with you or just have a sandwich and sit in the steam. If You know, whatever works. Either way. Does it have to be either of those things? Can it... What do, you, what, do you, what do you want to do? Can you do both at the what, same time? What would you time? like to do? Eat oh. a sandwich Bragg just became a, a sauna steam guy. Yeah. It does yeah. sound like it's he great. wanted it's to eat a sandwich in the steam room with that you. That sounds great. That I sounds do. lovely. You yeah. sit bringing lo- food in the steam room. Stop being ridiculous. Can I just have a sandwich with you and no. not have to deal with you, the steam? You don't have to come to the steam. We could sit upstairs and have a sandwich or have a smoothie or have a bowl. The sauna is a weird place for me because everybody goes in there and is really quiet. And you know, with me, I want to talk to everybody. You would be amazing in 
and, and this is why I, I go to the steam in. room so <laughs> I can lock myself in there in the dark yeah, yeah. and just meditate <laughs> and not have to hear but anyone's voice. You 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 would be the guy that would ruin the sauna for everyone. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. in there, they're for no, peace. it takes every ounce of my being to not talk and everybody's quiet can, i'm just like this is ridiculous just bring your phone in there i i did and then it started overheating yeah, yeah i don't so do that don't bring your phone in there not people. in the steam room in the sauna because yeah Either the steam room way, just got too wet. you can't put a phone in this what are you doing just take a moment away from your phone it's hard i'm your just eyes, sitting there being quiet shut your mouth. not arguing about feel, the quarterback you, or anything you, you, you feel like you're a fifth sauna. grader and like you're being in, in detention basically yeah that's what it feels <laughs> yeah, like yeah no i got it i hey listen i, I can relate buddy yeah. I, 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 I got you, you need somebody some meditation say something it's yeah. awkward you know well okay um just talk to yourself that's what i do hey listen there's four locations <laughs> right do a great show in your head. Palatine in the Northwest Suburbs, Bannockburn in the North Shore. We're going to be out at the Bannockburn location next week, but we'll give you more details on that when it's really nailed down, but looking forward to it. Uh, Willowbrook in the Southwest Suburbs, and of course, Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. It's good for single people. It's good for families. It's good for people looking to make lifestyle changes. It's good for the holistic wellness, and it's good if you like yoga boxing cycling training group exercise tennis the best courts that you're gonna find midtown's got indoor outdoor tennis pickleball paddle which is another maybe that's the middle ground middle ground for a bunch of you out there which is a beautiful thing um this is what you do and please do this right now even if you don't think you're going to join up just check out the website midtown.com forward slash chgo midtown.com forward slash chgo you can find out more and tour the midtown athletic club nearest you midtown.com forward slash chgo do it right now while you're watching the show it's a beautiful thing by the way your odds uh teddy that teddy was talking about the chances of who's going number one caleb williams currently minus 900 to be the number one overall pick, uh, Drake May plus four fifty, Jaden Daniels ten to one. So that has come down uh, quite a bit. Marvin Harrison Jr. is eleven to one. Michael Penix Jr. forty to one. No chance that's happening. And Bo Nix ninety to one. Um, a ten, a uh, one hundred dollar super Ooh. chat. Ooh. Thank you, Mark, coming in from our. Thank you, Mark, our, our guy, Mark. Uh. The Bears should draft Caleb, but I think it's a very difficult, risky decision. Of the 20 quarterbacks listed on Kluge's tweet, how many would you take over fields and a surplus? Two ones, you know, six, seven, twenty. He's saying six or seven of the 20 guys that okay. were listed? Maybe? Burrow, Luck, Cam, Stafford, both Mannings, Palmer. Yeah. So this is like... This is the tweet we talked about yesterday from Dave Klug, who did a good job with this stuff. But even as we were talking about it, I'm, I'm thinking in the back of my head, the problem with this is like just because of what happened in the past, it, it's a data point to maybe right. help you a little bit, but it has nothing to do with Kayla Williams and who he is now or what he's going to be. It really doesn't. Yeah. Um, but if I were to try to pick apart those 20 quarterbacks – the point here with Caleb, if you just talk about almost universal opinions across the board from, you know, NFL, what we're, t we're, we're talking about NFL personnel guys talking about Caleb or even, you know, the Daniel Jeremiah's of the world or Mel Kuyper's, um, you know, the experts of the expert draft analysts, they're putting Caleb Williams in the Joe Burrow, Andrew Luck 
Trevor uh, Lawrence. You know, the Peyton Manning conversation. I don't I've read so many of these stories I can't remember where it was, but one of the quotes I read from I believe it was an NFL general manager, a current NFL general manager being quoted, said he would put Caleb Williams over Joe Burrow and Peyton Manning. That was Rick Spielman. It might have been that one. GM I know there's been a GM lot of, of them. the Vikings. Yeah. So yeah, he and did so when you kind of narrow it down to that and the chances it's going to work out, which is why I was saying what I said on yesterday's show, which caused a little Twitter controversy this morning, which was the the thing I have I think is most common about all those big names we've just mentioned is you knew the floor was really high. You knew the floor was really high, which is why I mentioned Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence didn't necessarily have his greatest season or as good of a season as a lot of people were hoping – it was still 4,000 yards and 24 touchdowns and uh, a, a, a completion percentage considerably better than Justin Fields. So, like, if that's the floor, that makes it a lot easier to tolerate the risk of the whole thing. That's the point. It, it is an interesting thing that, first of all, there is a way in which people like to, like yesterday, I was reading the comments after the show, but that's why Hogue hates Fields. Oh, yeah. That's, and and I'm, I'm like, there's an interesting thing with those who want the Bears to stay with Justin that you are so defensive about the conversation and attacking, right. which really is, it has just become exhausting. And then when you when you go to the Trevor part of it, the dude threw for 4,000 yards. And now we're tearing him down. And we're tearing him down. Justin threw for 2,600, yet you want to say that he was better than Justin. I just don't. Better than Trevor. Better than Trevor. Yeah. Excuse right. me. I, I don't. If Justin had those numbers. If right. Justin threw for 4,000 yards. We'd be paying him $60 million a year right now. <laughs> and, and, Four-year yeah. deal. Easy. Five-year like deal. Ten-year deal. It, I would just – and I, I guess I'm asking for something that is impossible, but, like, there, there's a way in which we're tr- the quarterback conversation right now in the city is, is impossible to have because we can't even acknowledge what is so. Y'all are – Trevor sucks. Well, Trevor, he doesn't suck. He, he's, he's just not – he's just not the top quarterback in the game yet, which a lot of people thought he was going to be. Right. Trevor's a solid quarterback, man. Dude's going to have a very good career. So I just, I, just, I don't know I, I'm, I'm, I'm where I wanted to go with this, but it's just kind of a, it's amazing to me when Trevor gets mentioned to Justin and how people just want to say, see. But, but that is the interesting question, right? I mean, Trevor Lawrence was billed as Peyton Manning. Right, like just this yeah, prototypical. This is who you. This is how you build a quarterback, and he hasn't met Peyton Manning standards. As you mentioned, the floor is high for him, but he's not Peyton Manning. So then the question is, let's say that's what Caleb ends up being. You know, very good, but doesn't live up to this insane hype he has. Is he worth drafting in that regard if that's what his story plays out as? Or is the trade back and Justin Fields more valuable? Because as we've always said here on the show, it's not just Justin versus Caleb. It's Caleb versus Justin and a trade back. Like in most people's minds, you know, or Marvin Harrison. That's the right way to look at it for sure. I just think that 
you know, if Ryan Poles decides to go to Caleb Williams route, it's because he thinks that at the quarterback position, Caleb's going to take you to a, a, a further place than Justin would, even with all of the, the draft capital that you can get if you do trade that number so one that overall You pick. would just leave off the draft capital conversation, and it's just about who's going to be the better quarterback for the next four years. And I, I think that should be a huge part of it. But to me, I, there should be a world where you could still support Justin Fields, going back to what Mark was saying, but still be really excited about what Caleb Williams could offer if yeah. he's drafted by the Bears. That, that world should exist, but at, at this point... See, kind of doesn't seem like it. To Car- what Carm said is true. Like I'm now being labeled as a Justin Fields hater almost every single day on social media. And guess what? I am easily able to to brush that off and not worry about it because anybody who's been paying attention to everything I've ever had to say about Justin Fields from the day they drafted him knows that I'm the exact opposite of a Justin Fields hater. But I can be a Justin Fields supporter and also acknowledge the fact that he has not gotten to the level everybody hoped he would be at and understand this is a very unique situation where Caleb Williams is available and we're three years into this you have the rookie contract deal we don't have to get into all of it again but the point is you and I know there's a lot of Bears fans out there like this and I know there's a lot in this chat that watch the show and they're diehards they like Justin Fields too and they can also accept the fact, or at least understand, that if the Bears draft Caleb Williams, it's a very understandable decision at the same time. Well, there's a, there's a lot of Bears fans out there, or at least a moving Bears fans contingency that I trust in polls. Whatever he does, I'm a Ryan Poles guy, whichever way he goes. Yeah, and I framed that during the season as we knew this conversation was coming. Like Ultimately, I'm a big believer in Ryan Poles and what he's trying to do. I just think... Like when you talk about being labeled as a Fields hater or whatever, and we're getting a lot of that here, you know, because I think a lot of us are starting to lean more towards Caleb. Ooh, I got to interrupt you here. I got some breaking news. Yes, I got Schefter. Adam Schefter. Are you sure? Tweeting right now. It's, don't worry. It's not a hire, but it does have to do with the offensive coordinator and extremely relevant to Caleb Williams. Former Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury, a senior offensive analyst and quarterbacks coach at USC is expected to interview for the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator job per sources. That is three today. Kingsbury's USC uh, quarterback, Caleb Williams, is expected to receive strong consideration to become the Bears' number one overall pick. Wow. And we talked about this last week. If they were to consider interviewing Cliff Kingsbury, would they make that a public Knowledge, like can you can you do an interview with a guy like that and it not be public knowledge? Well, you can from the Bears side, but right, if but you're Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, want you want your name back in the NFL circle, right? So, like well, to that to that regard, like it just clearly shows. I mean, they're they're surveying all options. I'm not going to pretend like they're not, but that's pretty. That 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 shows pretty bold, like. Well, that's the equivalent of inter- interviewing Greg Roman on the other side of it. Exactly. You know, I still, my guess would be we end up in the middle with a Shane Waldron or Clint Kubiak or something. But you do your due diligence. I mean, this yeah. is, and, and honestly, we've uh, we've seen this be the opposite with the Bears way too many times where they don't do their due diligence, where they don't interview candidates for the sake of just getting as much knowledge as they possibly can. So... 
if for nothing else, getting Cliff Kingsbury in your building interview for the OC job probably gets you some good draft information on Caleb Williams. That too. You know, yeah, so it, it, why would you not interview him? That, I, I hope he's actually being considered as an actual, you know, top candidate. I would, I, I would think it, if you are going to end up drafting Caleb Williams, I think it makes a lot of sense to make that hire. Um, but just the knowledge alone that you can gain from it is 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 very valuable. Yeah, but are they interviewing the OC from UNC? Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, like people are like, oh, he's playing poker. Well, then let's see when he interviews the UNC. Well, okay, but there's know. levels to this. Like, I get it. Like, I'm you, just, yes, they'll probably talk I'm to. Being a smartass. No, I'm I know, but they're like they I'm will not. talk to Drake May's OC at some point. Sure. Yeah. And 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 probably the more relevant one might be Phil Longo, who's actually at Wisconsin now. Because um, he was the OC there previously. Look, the Bears are doing a good job here. You want to get as much information as possible. That's my instant reaction to it. You are going to ask questions. He's t- and you want to know what this guy's going to say. You're you are going. You are turning every rock on this decision. This is the biggest decision that the franchise has had in a zillion years. Whatever. Um, Talking to Cliff Kingsbury makes a ton of sense. Good job, Ryan Pauls. Good job, Matt Eberflus. Which the other news of the day that we haven't touched on, at least I don't think we touched on unless I fell asleep when we were doing that or, you oh, know, good. ADD we're kicked good. in. Um, they're, the Bears are talking to Marcus Brady, uh, the, which is the seventh candidate, or at least the seventh in order, the Eagles' senior offensive assistant. He's the first one that actually has a direct tie to, to Flus. So it's kind of interesting, by the way. This dude is going to be the OC for Flus. And this is the first guy that we've talked to with Flus. People in this business, they hire their friends. I know. That's how this yeah. works. And so it's, I think it gives you a pretty good indication of who's conducting the search. Unless Matty Flus just all of a sudden doesn't know anybody in the NFL. Because it seems to well, me like Ryan Poles has is, is, is got in full control of who they're talking to. Uh, no, too far. They have a, they have a certain type of offense that they're looking at. Yeah, I think it has more to do with the type yeah. of offense. Okay, so none of Flus's guys know how to do good things in the NFL right now, or don't have any. I mean, McVay Shanahan deals, apparent, isn't it? Well, What's look, it? In, that's in pretty tw- apparent. <laughs> that's true. In 2021, when Mark Bra- Marcus Brady was the offense coordinator for the Colts, um, they were mostly a rushing team, second in the NFL, one 149.4 yards per game, 16th in total yards, a passing 26 in the NFL. Did finish ninth in points per game, but yeah, it, it would be different from a lot of the other candidates that come from McVeigh, the Shanahan, that that type of offense. Once again, there <clears throat> these aren't just OC interviews. I mean, they are, but you could fill your staff out with some of these other guys that have come through the door. <clears throat> you you got to remember that too. I, I got it. You know, I, 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 hey, I'm I'm giving Bears. I support what they're doing, man. Right, run game coordinator. Same thing with Thomas Brown yesterday. I think that would be it. Uh, if he's your running backs coach and run game coordinator, that's a that's a phenomenal hire. So, but this Cliff Kingsbury thing is very interesting. I'm sure Bears Twitter will act <laughs> rationally and of course very civil about the discussion. Uh, if you know, I feel like that's not going to end up being the hire, but that's just more of a gut reaction right now than anything else. But if it was, what are the odds on the number one pick go to then? Yeah. Minus 3,000 on <laughs> Kayla Williams? You ever shake Cliff's hand? Have I ever shaken Cliff Kingsbury's yeah. hand? Have you? Yeah. yeah no. Big 12 media day back in the day. What is the... Does he have a big it's hand? It's, it's like he works in a ranch. It's very rough. I was like... Rough hand? I was like... He's got a rough shocked. hand. That would You'd work. think he'd be... Uh, 
little soft skin, you know, like a, a Nicholas Moriano type, uh, you know, yeah. grooming and all that. But yeah. uh, no, it seemed like he had just come from <clears throat> roping some steer. Bri- brick laying hands. Bregg's got a rough hand. Uh, yep. Yep. Hey, um, well, uh, I don't know how you trans transition to Ray, but uh, well, I don't know. I have shaken Ray's hand a bunch. Ray's got beautiful hands. I didn't really have any giant takeaways shaking his hand, but I did shake his hand when I got my Jeep <laughs> Jeep Cherokee L from him. There's a nice photo of us on Instagram. That's uh, adorable. You know, on the trade in there. And uh, if you are in the market for a new vehicle, then we have some great news for you because our partner, Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Fox Lake. Did you put the wrong read in here? Should be Chevy. Yeah, you did. Good job, Carm. I love you. Oh, you're, really? You're a phenomenal. <laughs> you're a phenomenal human being. Here's the good news, though. Ray CDJR and Ray Chevy are right next to each other, and we encourage you to go visit them both. But today we are going to tell you about our partner, Ray Chevrolet. They are ringing in the new year with their best offers all month long. Make your way to Ray Chevrolet on Route 12 in Fox Lake to join in on the savings and start your Ray resolution. As one of the top-selling Chevy dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest Chevy inventories. And right now, they're trying to make room for inbound 2024 models, so all their current inventory must go. Plus, you can find the perfect tailgate vehicle at Ray Chevy because they have over 100 new Silverados available with prices starting at $19,495. Or take up to $10,000 off a new 2023 Silverado. Yeah, that's $10,000 off. That sounds pretty good. And to top it all off, they're pricing over 125 vehicles under $20,000. They got something for everybody. Seriously, guys, can pricing get more affordable than that? And here's my favorite thing. Even if you're not in the market for a new vehicle, maybe you are. You just want to stop by while you're shopping. You can get a free oil change. This is for anybody. Mention CHGO when scheduling your oil change at Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake. Start your new year off right. Visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com to start your Ray resolution. They've been serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. Check out Ray Chevrolet, and then you also have to check out Game Time. And look, I was trying to buy and find tickets to go see Ralph Balbosa. I don't know if you guys know him. Awesome comedian. Balbosa? Balbosa. Ralph Balbosa, got to go look him up. But I couldn't find anything that was, one, reasonable and, you know, just from a place that was reliable. So just opened up the Game Time app, found some seats for February 1st when he'll be here in Chicago for a way better de- uh, deal. And Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for all the fun for whatever event you're about to go to. And here's some things I like about the Game Time app. Flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views. Lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss, everything. You forget about planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for, again, it could be basketball. It could be concerts, comedy theater. The Game Time guarantee means... You'll get the best price. Even if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 100%, 110% of the difference. So just take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. 
reminder that when this show's over for CHGO diehards, we have diehard overtime, and we will be jumping in the Discord, in the voice chat, to talk with you guys for another 15 minutes or so, kind of recapping the show, some of the things that maybe got... Uh, you know, leftover and maybe didn't get in the show today. Um, and so that's all there for you for diehards. And of course, that's just one of the many perks you get ask access to our discord. We do virtual happy hours. My uh, bears things newsletter uh, is a diehard exclusive as well. And of course you can always get 20% off all of our merch. Of course, when you sign up, you get a free t-shirt to begin with, but 20% off merch all the time when you are a diehard and 20% off all of our events as well. So if you are a diehard Bears fan, diehard Chicago sports fan, that thing, trust me, pays for itself um, and more by the time you really get in there and use all of it. So check it out, allchgo.com slash diehard. We should get to Super Chats before we get out of here today. We got CHGO Cubs coming up next on our daily schedule here at CHGO. We'll start with Big Cram. 999. Hey guys, just got back from vacation. What did I miss? Well, you missed a ton, Big Cram. It's great to see you. Um, uh, you also missed. Uh, I don't want to get emotional here, but um, top 20 Chicago media personalities. Jeff Agris sometimes is out again. Oh, wow. This is always big for you. Yeah. You're always ranked 21st on this list. And did you, you make know, 21st again? For the fourth year in a row, yeah. according to Agrist. Apparently, I am uh, 21. Oh, man. Or 200. Every year. Or you two, get the Sammy Sosa. Or 210. One of the two from Agrist. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Pat Hughes, number one. Adam Amin, Josh Hiambi, Dan Bernstein, Layla, the top five. Lawrence Holmes, I've heard of him. David Kaplan, Ozzie Gian, Danny Parkins, Mark Silverman, top 10. Dion Miller, Jason <laughs> Goff, Stacey King, Tom Waddle. Steve Stone. I'm only acknowledging Does the Benetti? rankings. Does Benetti get on there? Or is he no, I dropped him out because he left town. Pang, Zach Zaidman in front of Jeff Joniak, Ruthie Polinski, Marshall Harris, rising star, rising star John Scott, constant annoyance. Won't not going to read that. Underrated, my guy Joe Brand. Congratulations to Joe. So we're just reading this whole list. Yeah, I just, you know, <laughs> I'm just waiting for, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. One guy to guy to my right's got got the two most popular podcasts in town. Been on every is, is on the radio stations on TV. It's true. I don't know. I'm on four we four, only, four outlets. We only acknowledge can't, can't, uh, just, just can't just, have, just just no acknowledgement to the show. We, nothing, nothing. Not we, a single we, person here at CHGO well, there, Agrist. There, 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 is, is there certain criteria? Because there's there's yeah. no podcasters or like online presence in that yeah, list I, at I, all. I see people yeah, on the show that are on every point. medium. I don't know. I don't know what the okay. criteria we, is. I don't, I don't know what we got to do hey, over here. We only acknowledge you know rankings put out by Jacob Infante and Bears Twitter. We don't acknowledge. Uh, well, I just acknowledged it. I'm not saying that I'm bothered by this, but I'm extremely bothered by this. We can tell. Yep. Yeah. Do you think we got 20, a? Do you think I was we got 21? a $200 super oh, chat or two ten? What do you think? Two hundred dollars super chat. I think you were twenty first. <laughs> From the Duke, two hundred bucks. Pay attention. The Lions GM famously said he famously said as he built their playoff 
game-winning team without drafting a savior quarterback. It's hard to get better at quarterback. It's very easy to get worse. Bears always look for the savior in the draft. I've had enough of that process. I'd like to nominate Greg Braggs for number 22. Wasn't Duke in here saying yesterday to draft Caleb? I, well, whatever he says, Duke if he is, pays Duke, for it, he can say whatever no, he wants. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 If it's $200, I agree with whatever he's saying. Duke's been having a lot of emotions but lately. But you can tell that the Duke is on the, he's riding the roller coaster with that. many other Bears fans. Yeah. Specifically Greg Braggs. Me too. Yep. Yeah. Hard to get better at QB. Braggs was out here fighting people this morning. I want to fight someone. He's calling uh, yesterday me. too. Me he's ready Doug, to Doug fight Dyer's somebody. in our chat. I was going at him last night, and we got our fisticuffs up right now. It's getting scrappy. People in the chat today. I had to ban someone a little bit ago in the chat. People. He got a 24-hour suspension. Yeah, you know, like oh, I try to keep things fun. Power. Yeah, and I do have that power. Uh, you suspend you know, me for 24 hours. I I, <laughs> I embrace sports debate, but I like to keep it fun, keep it civil. I'm very competitive about my sports opinions. Never going to make any bones about that. Carm knows that all too well. I lost to Braggs this week. I just straight lost. So congratulations. You, you, that was a victory for you. Congratulations. Carm called to yell at me, and then I yelled at him for 30 minutes is what ended up happening. <laughs> <laughs> He's no, got I, a tornado I, I, of oh, emotion. Let, 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 let's, let's, let's at least state this accurately. I didn't call to yell at you. Yes, you I, did. No, 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 I didn't. I called to have a discussion with you. You turned the discussion into screaming at me. Yeah, well, that's what I do. That's, that's actually he got what happened. That, he got this the was brick. today? No, this, this was, was yesterday. yesterday. Oh, about the, the thing yesterday he about got the, the thing yesterday you i got, got the bricklayer he got the bricklayer talk but hey look if you're gonna mess with the bull you're gonna get the horns i learned that yesterday yeah wow. so well but we we have a no we're very good we're, we're good complicated good. relationship but we're, it is a relationship hey, we're here for the good of the show that's the that's bottom right line. um but like i just think it has gone off the rails I, I i wish people would just find the humor in all of this we we can't control what's gonna happen you know, and I and I've said a million times a if they keep time, fields, too. I've stood on it. Everybody's like, "Oh, stand on something with Corey and me on After Dark." I kept flip flopping. Okay, I think they're going to draft Caleb Williams. I think they should draft Caleb Williams. Do I feel bad for the Fields fans that are having it jammed down their throat every day? Yeah, I understand why you're passionate for the quarterback of the Bears. I I get it. I'm not going to fault you for being having a heart for Justin Fields and wanting to stick ten you know stand ten toes down for him. But like if we can't take a step back and laugh about this whole process and how seriously we're taking it as Bears fans, like I just think it's That's, gone a bit overboard and you know like this 98 days still till the draft. So, you know, if so we're going to keep this energy, it's only going to get worse. But I would just encourage everyone that's here at our community here at CHGO, people in the chat. I know Leonidas and and Ravi and Robert <laughs> Freel and all these guys want to get you know, like crazy with people in the chat. Chill out, have fun. Feel free to disagree. Don't, Challenge yeah. us at any time, but there, there's a line. There's I a know, line there's, to some of the verbiage. Leonidas just yells at everyone. Like, every day there's this hey, guy, I Trevor, and Leonidas just yelling at each other the whole time. Like, Fan is short for fanatic. You know, one step short of passion is crazy. We all tote that line here as people that yeah. are this invested in sports. Well, one of the things I like about our diehard channels is, like, people have their names, and you see their faces, yeah. You can have an actual conversation with them. Right. I don't, these people that hide behind their keyboards. A hundred percent. With fake username, not fake usernames, but User like name. not the real name. hundred percent. Like it's easy to start 
being um, Nas. nasty. You're 100% right. Cause when, like people, when, when you're and, hiding behind your and keyboard. And that's why I'm like glad that. the Discord space has become yeah. a thing. Because like you guys have joked how much I'm on Twitter spaces. But that's what it is. It's a, it's a community environment where a lot of people vehemently disagree with each other. But it very rarely goes to where the keyboard can get you sometimes. Because it's easier to type something nasty at someone. But when you're talking to somebody person to person, especially when you're face to face. But if you're at least hearing their voice, I think there's more of a humanization to the conversation. And people, you know, seem to, you know, chill out a little bit. And, and by the way, I want to be clear about something. I'm, I, I am not judging anybody that does not put their real name out there or their picture because I realize people, not everybody's comfortable with that. And that's perfectly fine. What I'm specifically pointing out are the people that hide behind that and then get really nasty and like borderline, like saying things that they would never say to a human being in person. With an egg or with an avatar of <laughs> That's a chair. what I'm talking about. So those of you that support the show that, you know, I don't, I'm not saying you need to put your photo in your hand. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, we appreciate everybody watching the show. I'm just like, I'm talking about specifically the people that are taking it overboard and hiding behind their keyboards. I just, and, we're doing it and for we're, me. That's for all I'm saying is for me, it's easy to ignore those people. Well, I like, I don't even, I don't even read. And it. we're building a different community here. Yeah. You know, if other people want to do it a different way. Um, to garner clicks, rage engagement, as I saw somebody frame it on, on Twitter. Have at those people if that's how you like to feed. But over here, we're going to have a little more fun with the conversation. I, I did kind of laugh at the new, uh, this new avatar we just saw today, Grim Floose, and it's Ooh. a picture of him. He's, he's kind of got like... <laughs> He's got like a big old Manchu yeah. or something going on. And, and, and it's, and it's, it's relevant to what we were just talking about because I want to make it clear. We do encourage... Our uh, our parody accounts. We we get a lot of. We get I actually a lot of, don't honestly. I oh, you know, I like them. I th I get a lot of. It, it's entertaining to know. me. When you start naggy. getting like the random, I, the naggy guy's fine, but like then it's like we're getting every random person. It's like just stop. Just yeah, but what, one of our 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 top super chatter is a guy we don't know who he is. The Duke. Well, yeah, he's at least the Duke, not yeah. the name of a real person. I just I don't like the, yeah, real. But the uh, oh. Grim Fluce though is amazing. I'd love to get Flirty Fluce in here tomorrow. And, and Bragg's his tooth. Bragg's his tooth Bragg's back his tooth on the show. Was great. Uh, somebody put it. I forget who put it in the chat today, but Bragg's tooth is greater than Caleb. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's your opinion uh, on Caleb. We can hear it like that. That's cool. Back the Duke. Yeah, here's the Duke. Uh, Twenty dollars. No chance. I've been uh, keep Fields always. My argument is, if you force a new QB on me, it better not be Jaden Daniels. No flip flopping here. Okay. All right. No Jaden Daniels. Um. Nothing wrong with that. And you are. Everybody's allowed. Even if you're a Fields guy, you are, yeah, you're allowed to pick. Okay, if I'm going to lose Fields, which guy is my guy? Uh, Steven, $10. Think the Duke is where a lot of us are. I don't care what we do. Just please, 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 whatever it is, let it be right. Amen. Yes. There you go. Um, Graham. Let's go to Graham. Graham, $5. I hope for Fields plus trade back, but we'll be happy with Caleb. Both sides are toxic. I am over it. Can't wait to focus on free agency and the rest of the draft. There's also, to Graham's point in, in the last Super Chat, there is a scenario where both end up being right. Justin goes on and is successful and plays well, and the, and the, those who want to stand up and say, I told you we'll have that ability, and Caleb comes in here and he's excellent. May, um, you could have a Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford situation. Right. I mean, that I mean, that was pretty damn cool how that came back around. And those two, by the way, talk about civility. That was a nice meeting at midfield 
where you know they both wished each other well. Yeah. Stafford was first class to that whole thing, man. That I, I got a lot of respect <laughs> for that dude. Getting Booing booed. Stafford was weird though. We haven't really that was talked the about the weirdest that. thing. Flicking him off. They yeah. had like fans on the TV. And his flicking wife, him too. off. That and was his insane. And his kids. Like, it, was, it was. What the heck was that? He didn't. He paid to leave. They've traded him. He He's played everything. Right. That city. He <laughs> played his ass off for you. Did you see the uh, mic'd up that just came out where he's talking crap at Kirby Joseph for, who hit Higby low and yeah. Higby, oh. of course, tore his ACL, which I yeah. hate that hit. But I didn't see that. Yeah, he's like, yeah, we know you're effing dirty. Yeah. Well, he's kind of got a track record now, yeah. those. Mm-hmm. I hate that hit. I hate that hit, too, yeah. and I hate that it's legal. But at some point, I don't know how you're going to be able to tackle guys. High, <laughs> So my friends were saying this. Well, where are you going to hit him? Where you can't hit him high? Can't hit him high. Can't hit him high. If you're saying you can't hit him low. Well, how about the strike zone, like baseball? Yeah. Can you hit him between like shoulder and above the knee? Is that allowed? Well, hey, refresh my memory because there was two of these this weekend. Was this the one where he kind of bobbled the ball? No, Higby just over caught the middle. It was over what the was middle. the other one? I don't know, but Hig- Higby. No, just I think there was caught. that play. He double caught it, and it was like, if he just catches it, though, I don't think that happens. I mean, it. he hit him in the knee, though. Like, yeah, he went low, though. He yeah, but really he low. got exposed there because he was double catching the ball instead of just catching it and going down. If it's the same play I'm thinking of, I, I part of me was watching this like, I don't think he tears his ACL if he just catches the ball cleanly. You know, too, like, I mean, Kirby Joseph's a lot. He's smaller than a guy like Tyler Higby. You're probably trying to take him down low because if you're going up high, there's a chance that... Higby's bouncing off you. Yeah. It, it, it was tough it's, to watch yeah. for me. I, I mean, I think for anyone, that was awful. I if I could find it. I'm, yeah, no. I'm trying to watch the play here. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Yes, he double caught it, man, and he exposed himself. But how is he going to. I'm not defending the hit. I'm just saying. Oh, Spanish. Hey, oh, yeah, the Spanish. Spanish. Let's go. Wait, <laughs> I want to watch all the games this weekend in Spanish. I should have done that. If he, double, if he doesn't double catch, yes, you I, that I, that's one of my New Year's resolutions, to Hold learn on. Spanish. I'm going to watch in Spanish now. All the guy is... Yeah, we did, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. He's already launching himself. Well, they, it's, so, you know, I'm he's not... He's already launching him, even if he catches it right there. I'm not defending the hit. No. I agree that it's a dangerous hit. I'm not... Also, I think there's a difference between dangerous and dirty. Um, but what I am saying is I do think if Higby catches the ball cleanly, despite the dangerous hit, his cleat doesn't stick into the turf, which is another thing that happened, which is why the ligaments gave out, unfortunately. Justin Smith, uh, if we draft Caleb Williams as a $5 super chat, if we draft Caleb Williams, should we start him immediately or should we sign a vet so he can sit and learn? Just became a diehard, by oh, the way. Justin. Oh, this is our Justin. guy, Justin. Let's go. My man. Um, My man. I think... I'm on the record of this. I think that every QB situation is different. To me, Caleb Williams is a guy you play right away. I think he's ready to play right away. I think he's going to have to learn on the field. I think he's NFL ready. In fact, I think he's scheme ready to the Bears. I think he's this era of the NFL ready. He fits these offenses, these qu- the quick game. There's no – like Jordan Love needed to sit, and he ended up in the perfect situation. Where he could sit behind Aaron Rodgers. Now, I still think they, sh- they could have played him after year one. They kept Rodgers two more years. That, in my opinion, didn't need to do that. But, no, Caleb's ready. Zero chance in your mind that they draft Caleb Williams and keep Justin Fields. I don't know. I'm, I've, I'm on record as not being completely against it. I 
Because like I don't think I think odds are it wouldn't work out great. Yeah. Like kind of keeps like. Do you think that would keep the locker room happy? I mean, you seeing Jalen Johnson speaking I, out everywhere. Yeah, I think about, the locker room, even if they just draft Caleb and they trade Justin, they're they're gonna acclimate to him. They're not gonna. I think it's gonna be rough, but they'll they'll eventually. Greg, I think there's a bigger chance that you create a chasm in that locker room if you keep if both. you have them both in the same room. Yeah. Then if you just rip the bandaid off in the spring before everybody reports the OTAs, and this is how it is. I think there's a way better chance that everybody embraces Caleb Williams and his work ethic and everything like that than because we all know where that would go, guys. I mean, what's the first game Justin right. struggles? And then even the Justin Fields fans are like, I want to see Caleb. And then now you got a riff in the locker room because Justin's still working his ass off and is still respected. And then that puts Caleb Williams in a tough spot. That's not really fair. An ideal so I, I can't imagine Ryan Poles wants to go down that road. Terrible decision. I don't, I don't yeah. Terrible yeah. The one thing I'll say, though, with the Cliff Kingsbury and just all the OC interviews they've done is I just – I hope that they can get a quarterback's coach that has a resume. Like, I, I think about Frank Reich. Like, is he going to get a head coaching job anywhere? Probably not, right? Is he going to get an OC job anywhere? I, I don't know that answer. And I just hope that they can get somebody because, like, an offensive coordinator's got to come in and and have the run game down, and the offense like he's got to pay attention to everything. And I just want somebody. I know that's the quarterback coach's job, but I just want somebody. Their sole purpose is to develop the quarterback, but not just, but but also somebody that has a resume of developing those kind of players. Like I, I, I just hope that that I is could, the case. I could see Frank Reich being a senior offensive assistant in the Bears hiring process here, something along those lines with his connections to Flues. Like it, and, and his job is just Caleb Williams. That's it. You're a former head coach, former OC, former quarterback, Some, and, and so your job is to mentor this Somebody team. from Matt Eberflus to lean on as he is knows that he has to get whatever quarterback is in there up to speed this year or else he has a very good chance of getting fired. Well, Paul Chris just turned on the Iowa job. What a shame. Idiot. To, to uh, basically have that job with Arch Manning at Texas. Eh, maybe not an idiot. Well, he's already on Texas' staff, and apparently they've created a good bond, and Quinn right. Ewers is staying at Texas, and Arch might have to sit another year. And But you could have come and had lunch at the Hamburg Inn, oh, and you uh, could have... Hamburg Inn, is, is, is it back? It, it's it, back. Didn't it burn? No, it's back. There, it's definitely back, but they were talking oh. about closing it, which would have been But they didn't. Terrible. Okay. Let's go. Oh, right respect. now. Who cares? I, I, Going to be the Iowa OC in Iowa City versus coaching Arch Manning in Austin, Texas? No, it's yeah. There's uh, no comparison. No, there's the, yeah. You're, you're, yeah, we might win a national championship. We're not. We're, we don't yeah. have an argument. For no, us. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> carry on. Move on. Tillavon Crete, right? Four ninety nine. The same thing that Carm said is true for a lot of fields to centers. This was uh, during the uh, Trevor Lawrence part of our show. Oh. Thank you, Crete, Tillavon, <laughs> and then the final yeah. one from an inappropriately named. Commenter, did you change it? I did. Oh, wow! <laughs> Behave, chat. Jesus, Five people. Bonex at nine incoming dumpster fire continues for four more years. <laughs> Just long enough to miss Arch Manning. Go Bears, Dicka. Uh, oh, the 
GIF. Okay. GIF. GIF. Gobert. Even I confuse myself on that one. DJ Lux 999. Do the field stands not realize that at some point, if you're if you're a franchise quarterback, you have to overcome some stuff. Joe Burrow did. Andrew Luck did. Stroud did. Etc. It's a valid point. You have to overcome whatever is given to you, but you can also probably acknowledge that Fields could have had better situation with the OC. Yeah. But yeah, those things are definitely valid. All right. Um, this was a fun show. Teddy was awesome. Nick, good having you back here in studio. Um, Greg? I did my best. Congrats on reading. Carm? Yeah. I'm know, proud of Greg. The, the middle chairs, we just, we, we did everything we could to be as good as we could, and we'll continue to do that for the rest of time. <laughs> Die Hard OT. We're doing our best here. Die Hard Overtime continues over in the uh, Die Hard Discord, the voice chat. Click the uh, Bears chat down there at the uh, bottom of the scroll. At least that's how yeah, it looks Yeah, the main online. screen in the Discord. <laughs> Go all the way down to voice channels, Bears chat. We're going to be in there. Every time, we'll try to do it as many after show diehard OTs as we uh, can. 15 minutes of answering your guys' questions. Or you can just simply yell at us. I'll you, be here at 3 2 for the Chicago Sports Podcast with Kevin Kata, Casey Standout. We're having Jack Silverstein on, and I'm going to tell everybody why Jerry Krause was not good at his is job. Is Jack coming in studio? No, he's not. He has oh, regular Jack. work, but he'll be on the old streamy stream. You better ask him about Devin Hester. Okay, I'll ask him about there Devin Hester, Greg. Okay. It's that easy, buddy. All right. Okay. You guys can continue this conversation. We're going to go ahead and end the show. <laughs> and um, we'll talk, to, well, Will and Nick will talk to you guys all tomorrow at noon. See ya. We all silly like the mayor.